Thanks, Megan. I'm bulletproof. Nothing to lose. Fire away. Fire away. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah. Are we rolling? Oh, that's not ours. That's another podcast I listen to. Welcome back to Thoughts from Pool Therapy, everybody. These intros just keep getting weirder. They keep getting more chaotic as we keep coming back for more. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, pool peeps. It is a Friday after evening. <laughs> what time is it? It's, it's 8.30. It's 8.34 p.m. <laughs> on Friday, January 20th, to be exact, not afternoon. Um, Welcome back, everyone. Hi, Mel. Hello. Oh, she's staying hydrated. Stay hydrated, everyone. Hydrated queen. Um, how are you, Mel? I'm good. How are you? Oh, very formal. Okay. Uh, I am wonderful. Um, we're here for another. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Just had a frog in my throat. Excuse moi. <laughs> Didn't mean to like groan like that. Woo. Anyway, maybe I'll cut that out. Uh, no, probably won't. Uh, it'll probably be too much to edit. What are you so laughing sorry. at? I don't know. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> I'm a regular old comedian over here. I didn't even do anything. Woohoo! I'm so sorry. Well, you should be. Um, <laughs> Melanie's back from her laugh attack. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> Melanie's back, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, pool weeps. <laughs> we had to take a moment. Um, yeah, so we're here on a Friday evening. We're instead here, of a... and we're queer. <laughs> we're here, queer, ready to party. Um, we're here on a Friday evening recording instead of a Thursday. Don't get mad crazy. at us. <laughs> we are crazy gals on a Friday night recording our podcast. Um, we're busy, okay? We're, we're booked and busy. Um. I want to start off first by saying thank you again. I know we said this the last episode, but thank you all so much for your support of us coming back. We've had a very overwhelmingly positive reaction to us bringing our podcast back. Um, some of you have told me that you want more episodes. We'll try. You are going to get two in a row from us. We have this episode that you're listening to right now, and then we're going to have one literally the following week, first week of February. It's a special limited edition. You're welcome. You're welcome to everyone that the two people that want more episodes. <laughs> um, oh, there's probably more. There, there are more. There's relax. More. Okay, you're telling me to relax. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Um, but yes, just we're always continually very thankful for everyone's support, for sharing, for listening, for commenting. Um, did you guys know that on Spotify you can respond to questions and polls for the episode? Like I can put out a question and you guys can answer it and I can pin comments and stuff and you can see what everybody else has responded to. Um, and I can put up a poll, which is pretty fun, kind of interactive. Crazy. It's only on Spotify. So if you don't have Spotify, you can't do it, which is kind of lame. Um, but yeah, so please continue to like, share, rate and review the podcast, but only five stars. We don't want anything below a five star review. Thank you. <laughs> no negative feedback here. Thank you. I don't take criticism well. <laughs> I'm a Virgo. Um, <laughs> I can give it out, but I can't take it. Oh, she's self-aware. <laughs> she's also self-aware because she's a Virgo. She overthinks it. Um, oh. Mel, what are we going to do on this episode? 
Well, we're gonna Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. I used the bit and point your method. method. First um, John Mulaney reference of the evening. Yep. We're gonna do a three favorite things in the astrology, of course. Yeah, because it's us. Because it's our pop it's thoughts from Pool Theory, duh. Yeah. Um, we're gonna talk about the Golden Globes for a second. A hot second, because we have some thoughts. Yeah. Three thoughts from me. That's it. Count them. One, two, three. Um <laughs> Thank you. We're gonna <laughs> We're gonna have a special guest to review our favorite film of 2023 already. <laughs> called Megan. Yep. Um, and then we're gonna talk about our saboteurs. Yes, our saboteurs. So that'll be kind of interesting. Wee wee wee. Wow wow wee wah. We're kind of jumping all over the board, but that's we have structure. That's our podcast. You never know yeah. what's gonna come up in this conversation. Um. So, Mel, let's kick it off. What are your top three favorite things of this last two weeks? <laughs> you know, I'm uh, prepared. You're prepared for once? Yeah, but I just did it before we started recording. So well, okay. Baby am steps. Am actually prepared? Yes. I would say if you have it written down, it's prepared. I have mine written down, too, on an actual like outline on my Microsoft Word. Don't look. No cheating. She is a Virgo. Well, I had a lot to say for for what we're going to talk about for astrology. So anyway, your top three favorite things of the week or two weeks. So number one is that I had some friends come to town. My friend Toline and her girlfriend Chanel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was fun to see them because I haven't seen them. I Well, I haven't seen uh, Toline in four years, maybe. Wow. That's a long time. Wait, three two i don't what? know one uh, i saw her last week three three years because it's been since before the pandemic the pandemic lovato yeah mm-hmm. that's fun um so that was fun you guys went them. to the parks and stuff yeah we went to uh well we went to ohana's for breakfast oh ohana yep Love the best ohana. it was everybody's favorite or everybody's first time except me so. <gasps> magical and they brought the characters back too yeah which I could do without, but that's yeah. just me. How do you guys feel about Lilo's, like, no. the character? <laughs> um, her, like, mouth was open the whole time. I, I, I'm I, not partial to Lilo and Stitch to begin with. But then character meet and greets, as I've gotten older, I just go, ugh. Yeah. Do I have to? <laughs> yeah. Unless they're, like, walking around at Disneyland, like the Avengers and stuff. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um. But especially the characters like Lilo and Stitch that can't really talk to you. Those are the ones that I'm like, mm, I could do with that. Yeah. Those. But Thanks. anyways, her mouth is open like basically the whole time. <laughs> um, and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not, not, the, not the best. They, yeah. could, they could have left the characters out, but that's just me. And then we went to studios and it was a good time. Cool. That's fun. Yeah. Friends. Uh, Friendship. Friends. Friendship. If it is for friends, do stuff together. You it. Anyway, <laughs> copyright. SpongeBob. Um. <laughs> F is for fires that burn down the whole town. U is for uranium. I'm not going to say it. N is for. What is this? What's the N? I don't know. In, that, in Plankton's version? I don't know. N is for no survivors. That's what it is. Oh, right. Yep. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sounds like Plankton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my second favorite thing is from. An appetizer from Cheesecake Factory. Oh, hell yeah. You Get into it. Say? Get into it. Do it. The fondue cheese oh, that comes with my. the pretzel bites. 
I'm drooling thinking about it. Yeah. Is it it was even good with like the white bread too oh that they bring God. to the tables. Anyways, we went to Cheesecake Factory for Dad's birthday. Yeah, it was our father's birthday on Wednesday. Yeah. He turned the big six zero. Yeah. Crazy. Sixty. I feel like dad has been the same age our whole life. Yeah. Dad has been a 50, in the 50 range, our whole life. Yeah. Why is that? Every year oh. I ask him, what What are you turning 56? It's always 56. Yeah. Why have I felt like that? Mom, mm-hmm. I always know how old she is. <laughs> dad, I have, I can never, like, I know how old he is, but, like, he just always seems like he's turning an age that's in the five zero range. <laughs> Maybe he did that on purpose. Maybe he was just lying to us this whole time. Papa? Dad? Can you answer this, please? Pops. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Anyways, so we went to Cheesecake Factory, and we got the pretzel bites for the first time. They were so good. They were so good. Ugh. We never had those before, and they were delicious. Yeah. Um, And then my third favorite thing is Paramore, oh! because I'm listening to them to prepare for the concert. Uh, we're going to see them in June, and I know, like, some of the hits... You know, yeah, like the radio hits, but I don't know a lot of the like, the newer stuff. So I've been listening to them to get prepared, and I'm excited. I keep forgetting that we bought those tickets because the concert's in June, and I'm pretty sure we bought these tickets in October. Yeah, and they don't even their CD to their new CD doesn't even come out till February, which hopefully it's not a panic at the disco situation. Yeah, I know. I just just thought about that how we bought the tickets before we even listened to their new music but because i'll be pissed paramore i i feel like they're just always consistently good yeah like panic at the disco they've had their ups and downs with us yeah you never know what's gonna literally never know they're a wild card but with paramore Haley williams is so consistent their music is so consistent i just Mm -hmm. i don't think it could be bad yeah so i'm excited to see them the tickets weren't even that expensive, really. And we're, yeah. we're going to the Amway Center, which is going to go... Yeah, we don't like, but... I hate driving downtown. I hate driving, period, but I hate driving downtown. Yeah. So, it'll be worth it, it for it, them. Be, yeah. Be <laughs> That'll fun. be fun. Yeah. yeah. We're just saying the same things. Oh, my God. We're so in sync. Um. Anyways, those were my three things. Would you like to hear about my three favorite things, Mel? Yeah. Don't look. Always. Melanie already cheated and knows what mine are. Um, I don't know everything. So well, when you share the same notes page with me, I know you put your stuff in there. That's why I have an outline on a Microsoft Word template because then I can just use my laptop when we're recording. Anyway, behind the scenes action for you guys. Um, <laughs> my first one, <laughs> all of mine are very kind of niche except for one of them, and I actually have four things, so I'll, I'll go, go kind of quick. You can only have three. <laughs> one has to go. Nope, I'm doing four. Sorry. Um, this is my podcast. <laughs> You don't make the rules. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't make the rules. Um, I do make the rules, so I'm doing four. Um, <laughs> the first one says in my notes, "Guy with mushroom hair at work." <laughs> and I bet you're wondering, what Megan? What does that mean? I was sitting in a booth at work on my lunch break. Literally, this guy comes up from behind, walks by me, and his hair literally looks like someone put a mushroom shape on his head and cut around it. Like, used to cut out of a mushroom to make his haircut. It was so hysterical that I was cracking up, and literally no one would have known why. But it, the band was sticking up, and then it had, like, an umbrella on top, like a mushroom, from Mario Kart. It was, or from Mario, Super Mario. It was so funny. 
Why aren't you okay. laughing? Pop off. It made me laugh, so that's why it's one of my favorite things. Um, okay. Okay, great. Didn't get the reaction I wanted from that. Um, <laughs> I did get the reaction when you snuck a peek at the notepad. Um, my second favorite thing is the Cheesecake Factory in general, period. Um, Slaps. Their menu, though, I cannot imagine being a server at the Cheesecake Factory. How long is your training? If, if any of our pool peeps are Cheesecake Factory servers or have been in their past lives, let us know. <laughs> what is your training process like? I can only imagine it's like eight weeks, eight weeks long. Yeah, that's insane. And that's just for the drink menu. Yeah. Or the Cheesecake menu. <laughs> yeah, the Cheesecake menu is two pages. And the typing is so small. The print is so fine. And it's always so dark in there. And so dark. Are we old? We're talking about how small and dark it is. Small fried the print well, is and how dark it is in the restaurant. But they are consistently good. Cheesecake Factory is yeah. always I got spaghetti and meatballs and they were delicious. Did we ask? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got the skinny licious factory chopped salad. No, Mexican tortilla salad. Come on, health. Come on, health. Um, but then I ate like four pretzel bites with fondue, spinach and artichoke dip. Seven Diet Cokes <laughs> and a piece of half a piece of cheesecake. So I was not a vision of health, but I was a quarter of a vision was of there. health. <laughs> the intention was there. Um, but yeah, the Cheesecake Factory is one of my all-time favorite restaurants. I love it there. The third thing, this is very weird and niche, but I'm so glad that Spotify shows you the lyrics to songs now. And I know they've been doing this for a while, but before when I had Spotify back in... I don't know, when I first moved to Florida, they didn't show, you didn't have any lyrics. So you couldn't look at the, what the words were saying, that what this artist was saying. Now I can understand what Matt Healy is saying in all the 1975 songs. Now I know what Taylor Swift is saying in Cruel Summer on the bridge, in the bridge. Now I know what Harry is singing in some of his songs where I'm like, you're mumbling, my dude. Um, now I can understand how gross some of these songs are that I've been singing the wrong words too that I didn't know the actual right words too. <laughs> so I'm just so glad that Spotify. Yeah, because for the longest time I had no idea what Matt Healy was talking about, and I still st don't. Still don't really know, but I know the words he's saying now. But then they also put the storyline. Yeah. On Spotify, and a lot of the songs that I think are like cute that like this 1975 have. They're not. They're like about drugs or depression or depression or, or like, both. Or spicy things, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm so glad that I don't have to go onto like azlyrics.com anymore. Right. That had a bajillion pop-ups. Am I, am I catching anybody? Am I he, getting anybody? Is. Are we all on the same page? Um, and look up what could possibly be the lyrics. It was usually like 95% correct. Sometimes the words were not. <laughs> but um, and then you probably infected your computer with a virus or whatever. Um, and my fourth honorable mention. True Lime packets. Do you guys know about this? Have you guys been turned on to this? I was influenced by TikTok, of course, and I always loved Diet Coke Lime, but they don't sell that anymore. Um, so I got these lime packets that I saw a girl using on TikTok for her Diet Coke, and they are so good. Each packet is like one squeeze of a lime wedge, and it is fantastic. And I love that they are easily transported in a bag, your lunchbox. They just sit really cute on my little counter in the little cup with the sugars and stuff. And it's just, just the little things, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't ask for much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm easy to please. All right. Pop off. Lime. Um, true lime. 
True Lime, not sponsored. Buy on Amazon. I think but, it was six fifty for a hundred packets. But if you are interested in the sponsorship of True Lime, we are here. We're queer and we're ready to party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Melanie and I are not queer. But yeah, just <laughs> it's just a funny saying. Not that it's good or bad if we are or aren't. It's just that we're not. Yep, that's the tea. Yep. Um, but those were our top three favorite things. Well, for me, top four favorite things of the last two weeks. <laughs> Now we're going to get into some astrology. astrology. <laughs> Why did we sing it together? Why did we do that? I, okay. Um, I it's actually, it. it's actually kind of a big day in astrology right now. Um, it's Friday, why? January 20th. Do you know why? Why? It's the start of Aquarius season. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> get yeah. weird. Get, get ready to get weird. Um, I did not know Aquarius season was happening so soon, but it checks out. Makes sense because it's about the 20th, the 21st of every month. We change a new moon comes. Um, so yeah, it's Aquarius season, which starts today, January 20th and goes through February 18th, which is kind of an early date, but that's because February is so short, I guess. Um, and we're coming to the end of the astrological year. Aries is the start of the astrological year and Pisces closes it off. So we're almost to the end, everyone. Um, but yeah, I have some stuff about Aquarius season. Um, I wanted to get a little bit more in-depth when we talk about astrology, especially since I didn't do very well in the last couple episodes that we put out. Uh, just kind of briefly looking at stuff about the season. Um, we started off in Capricorn season. So it starts off 2023. It's a little bit more, I don't know, someone said it's like more of a pragmatic season. You have kind of like some stuff you have to do at the beginning of the year and no one really knows what they're doing. Stuff. Yeah. People have to do stuff and go places and bleh. Um, but someone I was reading online said that they kind of feel like midway through January at the start of Aquarius season is actually when the new year starts. Because the first two weeks are you just getting used to being in a new year, getting used to writing 23 on any documents you have to write on instead of 22 and crossing out the two and then being like, oh, shit, it's a three. Um, on any opening paperwork you have to do at Disney mm. <laughs> for the mm. first two weeks. Yikes. So Aquarius season really kind of starts the new year for a lot of folks um, after getting through those kind of weird two weeks where you don't really know what's going on. Um, so I'll read a little bit about Aquarius season. This is from Pop Sugar, so, you know, very reliable source. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Melanie and I will kind of go over our horoscopes for Aquarius season for our signs, which I think would be kind of fun. Um, so Aquarius season is, Aquarius is our fixed air signs. Um, we know a few of we know a few Aquariuses in our actual lives. Yep. Corey, mm-hmm. Wa, he was a guest on our podcast right at the very beginning. And then Colleen Reed McGuire, as she's known now. She's been married since she's been on our episode, on our podcast. Um, she's also an Aquarius, who mm-hmm. we all we all know and love both of them. Yep. Um, there are also some famous Aquariuses that I will let you know about at the end of this segment. Um, Wait, is it Henri? Aquarius? Oh, Henry Barry. Yes, Katie's son, Henry, is also an Aquarius. Yes, his birthday's February 9th. Don't leave out Henry. I, he's a newer Aquarius to my life. So it's, it's you know, I got to remember. Got to readjust. Reevaluate. But we love Henry. Um, He'll be two, February 9th. So, so crazy. I remember the day he was born. Anyway, I will cry. Um, oh, relax. As the sun moves through this sign, our perspective becomes more humanitarian, 
community oriented and possibly a bit eccentric and contrarian Ooh, get ready to get weird as melanie said <laughs> um you're more apt to shake off the requirements and should do's of the past month heck even the past year is what this says <laughs> and strike out on your own uh the fixed air sign season is made for celebrating your individuality contributing and collaborating and paving your own quirky path and from the Aquariuses that we know, I think that's pretty spot on. Sure. Um, yeah. Our Aquariuses love to love their people, their pack, as yeah. they would say. Um, and they are very different than any other people I know. So yeah. I would say that's pretty spot on. For sure. Um, for an idea of how Aquarius functions in astrology and influences the weeks that fall between mid-January and mid-February, consider the sign's ruler, the planet Uranus. Ugh. Um... <laughs> Um, it, it urges you to break free of patterns, limitations, and boundaries to be your own genuine self and think creatively. It's the wild child of the solar system, completely disinterested in conformity and adhering to anything remotely linear, mundane, or traditional. So this pop sugar said that people with prominent Aquarius placements, meaning your son or one of your big three, um, usually value uniqueness over fitting in and associated with the 11th house of networking groups. Aquarians are humanitarians passionate about giving back to their community and collaborating with others. So that said, uh, while the move, while the sun moves through Aquarius, we're all a little bit more interested in tending to our friendships, questioning the status quo and embracing in inventive thinking. Hmm. I did not know much about this. So this is why I love doing this kind of research. A, to be prepared for you all to listen to and also get educated like me, but also just to be more informed about when someone says they're an Aquarius, oh, these are the things I'm going to think about now. Rebellion, breaking out of the bolt, breaking out of the mold, thinking outside the box, community driven, weird. humanitarian, being weird and quirky, quirky with Zoe Deschanel, who is not an Aquarius, surprisingly. Um, so here are some like pivotal things that are happening during Aquarius season. Um, we have a new moon, obviously in Aquarius, starting off this new chapter. Mars and Mercury retrogrades are over. By the time, by Thank today, God. Thank God, Mercury's done with retrograde. So if you had any te technology issues, communication issues, any kind of issues, pretty much you can blame it on Mercury. You know what I'm saying? Um, she's always in re retrograde. She always be retrograding. What is her deal? Why does she know. like going backwards? I don't know. Girl, you got to go forwards. Yeah. Whatever the forwards of retrograde is. Grade? <laughs> go grade. <laughs> that's what it is. I don't know. Um, a full moon in Leo highlights self-expression and a chance to strengthen your sense of self so on february 5th we'll have a full moon in leo zodiac signs who might be affected most during the season so if you have any of these you might have some monumental things happen or some bigger moments um so anyone born with a with their sun or major planetary placements in any of the fixed signs taurus leo or scorpio could come away from Aquarius season feeling especially fired up to let go of the past in order to more fully embrace a brilliant new vision of the future. Hmm. I have a Taurus rising, so I wonder what that means for me. It says let go of the past in order to fully embrace. So sounds interesting. Sounds spicy. Yeah, there are some things kind of cooking in my life that involve hmm. me letting go of things of the past and moving forward into a new future i wonder what those could be more to come on that later um melanie you don't have any of these signs do you taurus leo or scorpio none of your I big do three not. nope so 
uh, Aquarius season might not be as hopping for you. Um. Oh, you want to go into your horoscope? Should we? Yeah, you're there already. So let's go. Let's go into it. Okay. What is what is Aquarius season hold for the luscious Gemini over there? So, that's a little question, but. There was a lot of spicy things, which not a lot of spicy things were happening for, like, the beginning of the month in January, but, um... Spicy? Yeah, like, spicy You got something to tell me? Spicy stuff in my love life, which is... You got something to tell me? No, I don't have anything to tell you. Mm -hmm. Nothing is happening in that If the stars are saying differently, Mel... Just kidding. (laughs) Girl, you would know. Um... Yeah, you right. That's right. So, basically, the end of January, I'm going to be with my friends a lot. Oh! Or making new friends. Are you? Apparently. Cool. Um, Rock and roll. Yeah, so, when... This is from Allure, which Megan sent me. Yeah, I Um, found these, and I sent Melanie's over without reading it, so I'm not even sure if it's remotely accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I said the spicy stuff isn't happening. So. Well, not yet. It just started to be Aquarius season, Melody Bostic. Okay. Um, <laughs> she disagrees. So, Thursday, January 26th, you see yourself having fun with new friends or trusted established ones you consider your ride or dies. Oh, is that me? Maybe. Oh, cute. Oh, Sunday, January 22nd, you also may be adjusting to positive changes in your self-esteem. Ooh, rock and roll. And as a result, who you hang out with. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Spicy. Are you going to stop hanging out with me? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Why would I? Oh, I don't... Because your, sci- your stars are saying something. Then I have another article um, from... Cosmopolitan. Another trusted, reliable source. Gemini, you're learning something new every day now, Gemini. And this new next month is all about broadening your horizons. Take a class or go on a trip. Try a new hobby. Shake up your daily routine. And try something or someone new. Someone? Yeah. (laughs) You're growing as a person... (laughs) Becoming much more well ran- well-rounded. Okay, you're becoming well-rounded. All right, Cosmo. Pop off. Love that. Um, Yeah. So, it sounds like you need to shake up your daily life. Or you're going to. Uh-huh. That's what the stars are saying for Aquarius season for you. Yeah. All right, love that. Um, for Virgos, my ladies and gents, where are you at? Um, I'm a lady, yes. <laughs> you want to hit them up? Stop. <laughs> Just go ahead and hit them up. Stop. <laughs> hey, ladies, when your man want to get fucked by. Anyway, uh, Melanie and I played Just Dance today, and we did that one. Um, y'all Sorry. playing Just Dance? What y'all know about Just Dance? You guys playing that? It's a workout. It is the Melanie and I got. I have now over eleven thousand steps for the day, and half of them came from just dance. I hit my exercise goal with just. It is crazy. Anyway, anyways, side note. (laughs) Sorry. Um, This says also from Allure. um, During Aquarius season, Virgo, you may feel more rebellious than usual. Mm. Um, starting on Saturday, January twenty first, get organized and set goals for what you want to accomplish. And more importantly, how you plan to pursue it. 
That sounds like making a list to me, and there's nothing I love more than making a list. Um, you're budgeting, seeing friends, and trying to help the world, and you still have love on the brain. Gross. <laughs> Brianna, she performed at the Super Bowl, so yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's true. I must be in love on the brain. Anyway, um, January is busy, Virgo. You're budgeting, blah, blah, blah. And you still have love on the brain. Um, Thursday, January 26th, Venus enters dreamy Pisces in your seventh house of partnership. Um, no matter how busy you are, make time for love and companionship. Oh, this can mean a date night, uh, whether it's with a new partner or with an, an established relationship. Uh, you hear that, Greg? A new relationship. <laughs> Don't scare him like that. I'm just kidding. Jump scare with you. Uh. Um, remember, Virgo, you can never have enough friends. Enjoy. Try to get some rest in this month and see you in February. Aw. That's kind of cute. <laughs> Greg's going to take me on a date. I'm going to be budgeting my money and seeing all my friends and seeing Rihanna at the Super Bowl. You budgeting? Um, yeah, that's not a thing I do. My Taurus rising really just, I figured out the other day that my relationship with money really just contradicts all three of my big three. (laughs) I'm a Virgo who is very methodical and rational. I have a Taurus rising who loves to spend money and loves to um, spoil themselves. And then I have a Capricorn moon who is very pragmatic very um money conscious budgeting conscious cheap um and all three of those things contradict each other (laughs) yeah are you okay because my taurus rising is like treat yourself and then my capricorn brain is like you spent 500 dollars on clothes last month Uh, and then my virgo brain is like well if i budget this accordingly then i can afford this (laughs) it's just always an internal monologue in my brain um when i'm trying to buy something online so crazy yeah um, but yeah, so it sounds crazy like girl. nothing crazy is going to happen in Aquarius season for us, which is welcomed. That's fine. Let's just leave it. Let Aquarius season be fine. <laughs> we don't need anything crazy. Nothing crazy. Um, and now before we move on, I want to talk about some famous Aquarius. Like I talked about earlier. Um, so our first one on the list could be none other then my most recent hyperfixation, Harry Edward Styles, born February 1st, 1994. He'll be 29 soon. Um, Oprah Winfrey, born January 29th, 1966. Come on, Oprah. Come on, Oprah. Harpo Productions. Michael Jordan, February 17th, 1963. Hmm. Alicia Keys, January 25th, 1981. Shakira. Ah. Um, <laughs> Born February 2nd, 1977. <laughs> and then Emma Roberts, February 10th, 1981. So she's just a little a little older than me. Huh. So, yeah, those are some Aquarius's um, that we know and love in Hollywood. Interesting. We knew Harry was an Aquarius. Yeah, he, the, Harry is like the most Aquarius Aquarius I've ever seen. Yeah, for ever. sure. Uh, but we're going to get more into his astrology and his chart on that limited edition Harry Styles episode that's coming soon. But no no more no more info other than that. You'll see that later. You'll hear that later. Great. Now, if you all know me, you know that I love award season. I'm obsessed with celebrities. I love Hollywood. 
I love the glitz, the glamour, the drama. Hooray for Hollywood. The gossip, the drama, the tablet. I love all of it. I grew up watching True Hollywood Story. I have those weird celebrity references that no one else does, except like maybe two people in this world. Um, Melanie, Natanis, we talked about it. Um, So I love award season. I love doing my unsolicited fashion reviews on Instagram. So if you aren't following me there, at Row Your Boat. Um, <laughs> shameless plug but um, the Golden Globes were messy and it seemed like the PAs they had and the people who were running the show were either fresh off the boat from like film school or whatever school you need to be, to do this job the Hollywood Foreign Press School <laughs> the Hollywood Foreign Press School the Academy <laughs> um, or they just literally had no idea what was going on or they were pulled last minute from another project to do this, the Golden Globes, because it was just messy. I have literally no other word to describe the show. I didn't watch any of them. I was just about to ask Melanie if you watched it. <laughs> so that'll no. be very one-sided from me. But I did see stuff on TikTok. About what did it. you see? Um, I just got three things to say okay. about the All Golden right. Globes. I'll let you pop off. Okay, number one, Sebastian Stan looked like a vampire. He truly did. I have that in my notes. He looked like Carlisle from Twilight. <laughs> Is that the dad? Yes. That's yes. that's uh, Edward's dad, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Angela Bassett's speech acceptance speech made me cry. Oh, it was mm, um, tearjerker for sure. Yeah, because it was honoring the late great great Chadwick Bosman. Yeah. Mm. Um. Mm-mm-mm. So and then emotional. Yeah. Um. And then number three is um. Austin Butler needs to stop talking like Elvis. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Can yeah. we talk about why? Okay. <laughs> I I understand. Like he Austin Butler. He studied for like two years. He really did the most with Elvis, yeah. and it obviously paid off because he won Best Actor for yeah. Elvis from the Golden Globes. Yeah. Like we I Austin, I love that for you. I love yeah. that you are a developed actor for this. It was Elvis was incredible. It was a sleigh. I absolutely loved it. It's the only Boz Lerman film that I really truly love. <laughs> um, no shade to the great Gatsby or Romeo and Juliet, but not good. Um But the gig is up, Mama. The gigorama has been up. Elvis has been up. She came out last June. Like Austin, honey, you can you can go back to your normal voice. Yeah. And, like, maybe, like, you know, I want to give him the benefit of a doubt. And, like, he, he, like, studied for a really long time for the role and everything like that. However, <laughs> the gig is up. Yeah, yeah. The, the time is coming gone, my love. It's, it, it, we understand why you won. We yeah. get it. We get it. I know you're living and breathing Elvis still, but, like. We appreciate and love your normal voice too. So, can we can we get back to that? Can we get like what happens when he like films his next role? I hope it's you not know? anything with like a country accent or southern accent because then he'll be talking like that for the rest of his life. Yeah, <laughs> or at least two years. Um, just play a normal boy. Yeah, we miss Carrie Austin Butler. Yeah, was it was that the name of the show? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Anyways, those were my hot takes. Okay. Yeah, love that from someone who didn't even watch the show. Um, I watched most of it. And the host, Jared Carmichael, I think is his name. I don't know what it is about that guy, but he just rubs me the wrong way. I just... I don't even know who that is. He's a comedian. He hosted SNL. I had to look him up. 
Um, but he made some off-hand sure. remarks. Probably like, some really gross off-hand. He made a joke about Will Smith, and I just Will Smith is not someone I want anywhere near my repertoire of things from Hollywood anymore. Didn't Eddie Murphy say something about him? Eddie too? Murphy also said something. I'm gonna say something. Eddie Murphy, I'm not a fan. I I, I don't know. I liked him on SNL. Mr. Robert, what's it? Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. And donkey. And donkey. But like after that, sorry, the gig is up. I'm not. What about the High Mansion movie? I like that too, but not that great. He, Eddie Murphy just rubs me the wrong way. I think too. I don't know why. I don't get. I don't know. Is that controversial? I don't know. Yeah, just some of the remarks they were saying. All of those people that were just named. I. We don't need to comment on Will Smith anymore. Yeah, it's at been all. Like, what almost a year about anything related to him? I. Ever since that, I'm just not a fan anymore. Um, the the production, just of the whole show, the cuts to artists or or to people, the presenting the the script that people were reading off the teleprompter. Who was writing that script? It was. I don't have anything that's coming to my mind right now that I can like prove my point. But if you watch the Golden Globes, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the only good part about the show, I think, was the pianist in between that was like the playoff music and stuff and anytime you went to commercial or anything like that she was playing something she was gorgeous her piano playing was gorgeous but the whole show was just a hot mess express i didn't enjoy any of it really (laughs) and i didn't get to do my fashion review that day because it was a tuesday who has an award show on a tuesday they're supposed to be on a sunday yeah that's weird sundays are for awards when I can sit down on my couch at 5 p.m. and start the red carpet coverage. Okay? That is weird. Tell the Hollywood Foreign Press to catch me Shut outside. Up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have some highlights of fashion. Speaking of fashion photo review. All right. Go- pop off. Best dressed. Austin Butler wearing Gucci. Margot Robbie wearing Chanel. Um, it was a pink dress with fringe on the bottom. Someone said they're so surprised at Margot's inability to slay. I think she always looks beautiful. She doesn't yeah. wear usually anything extravagant, which is what I appreciate. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go big, you have to really own the bigness. Yeah. And Margot, she always looks incredible. Yeah, very simple. And it's not even like simple. It's just a good outfit. You know what I mean? But sure. this one was simple. It had fringe on the bottom and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really pretty, I think. Um, Michelle Williams wearing Gucci as well. It was like a white cream dress. And the only way I can describe the detailing is that it looked like pencil shavings when you sharpen your pencil in a pencil sharpener. That's what it looked like like on her dress. (laughs) But she looked stunning. I loved it. Um, Andrew Garfield. The man Uh, can do no wrong. And that orange. He's wearing a burnt orange. Oh! Oh! And then Seth Rogen. He was wearing a like a pale pink suit it was i loved it i loved how bold it was i may have an unpopular opinion on seth rogan but he's really attractive to me for oh some reason. no he's attractive for lots of reasons i think oh okay i so think he, i following. love him i think he's talented i think he's good looking the i realized it in um the tom and not not tom pam and tommy pam and tommy uh-huh yeah show yeah i was like oh. which is not the place where you would think that he would be like oh 
it's good looking because he has a mullet and he's wearing dad jeans and those white nikes yeah um but yeah he looked great i loved his pink suit yeah um for some worst dress here we go selena gomez black velvet with purple shawl thing and her ponytail what what are you wearing she didn't win did she no too bad She's I, really good in that show. That dress was horrible. And the hair. But she brought her sister. It was cute. I didn't say that I didn't like that. That's cute. The dress, not so much. Not my All right. fave. All right. Um, Lily James, who usually looks stunning, was wearing a Versace dress. It was a red dress with like all this weird drapery on it. It looked too heavy. I hated her hair. I hated the whole thing. <laughs> um, Jenny Slate looked like she was going to a homecoming dance in 2009. With the green dress with the floral thing up by her neck. Hated that. And my boy Sebby, Seb Stan, Sebastian Stan, he looked like Carlisle from Twilight. I had that in my notes. I, <laughs> I hated his suit. It didn't look like it fit right. But then he went to another thing, another red carpet thing, a couple days later, and he looked bomb. So, mm. you know, it makes up for it. Um, but yeah, if you guys didn't watch the Golden Globes, you didn't miss much. So we'll have some more awards <laughs> reviews coming up soon. Um, like the Oscars and stuff like that. And I'm really going to try to watch some more Oscar nominated movies to really be in the know this year. And so I can have opinions on things. Oh, she wants the knowledge. I want to have the knowledge. You know what I'm saying? All right. Pop off. Anyway. So you didn't miss much if you didn't watch it, but those are our opinions. Great. All right. Now joining the room is a former guest on Thoughts from Pool Therapy. He had his own episode and then he came back for a Valentine's Day episode and he's mostly a loyal follower, I would say. Um, Avid supporter of Thoughts from Pool Therapy. He may not listen to every episode right when it comes out, but (laughs) we have Mr. Greg Kamerling, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome yeah, back, I'm, I'm gonna leave now. Oh, wait a minute, you just got <laughs> all here. that, sh- all that shade. Oh, well, shade. I had, I, if the shade fits. <laughs> no, he's he's a supporter. Yeah, he listens. He listens as as time allows. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we have Greg here. First of all, hi, Greg. Hello. How are you, Greg? Greg. Oh. Oh, I'm doing good from the first floor. <laughs> <laughs> this is so janky, everyone. Um, I only have two microphones, so I made Greg record from our bedroom. And Melanie and I are upstairs on the second floor recording studio. Greg's in the first floor recording studio. So um, we got to work with what we got, people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I wouldn't say audio production is my strong suit, um, but we'll get another microphone and we'll get some microphone stands and stuff for everybody. So, you know, calm down. Everyone relax. We'll be more professional, okay? I am relaxed. <laughs> I was going to say, Greg and Melanie are, are nothing but relaxed. <laughs> um, we brought Greg in because <laughs> we all had the privilege, or um, I'm not sure if it's a privilege, <laughs> of seeing the new cinematic feature, Megan. Um, so we were going to review that <laughs> for you guys because... We all have some thoughts and opinions that don't necessarily match the public's thoughts and opinions on the movie. Um, so we, we were... saw it, so you don't have to. We re- saw it and review it, so you don't have to. That's right. <laughs> um, us three, we all saw it. What was it? Was it last week? Last. Yeah. Oh, was my gosh. Thursday, maybe? 
Jesus, time isn't real. Um, saw it last Thursday at the AMC at Disney Springs, in case y'all wanted to like set the scene. It was 7.15 p.m. in the dine-in. Um, we had the heated seats and all. Um, we unfortunately had two people sitting next to me on my left, and it was a gay couple. And I was like, oh, great. We're all going to be, you know, slay Megan. Yes, queen. They were pretty much like making out the whole time and like talking and stuff. And it was that added did, did not add to the experience. Gross. It detracted from it. Um, but, Meanwhile, I had no one sitting next to me. Yeah, Melanie had no one. And then Greg was stuck between the sisters. Um, so that's the scene. That's where we're all at. So we'll go ahead and give you a brief synopsis of the plot that I don't remember because I think I just push this movie out of my brain because it was terrible <laughs> i hated it um do we want spoiler free or no no this is going to be if you guys haven't seen megan and you want to and you don't want to be spoiled please skip, skip this ahead. part probably gonna be about 20 minutes just skip okay skip so you don't hear so you don't hear greg anymore <laughs> um well i mean it's true <laughs> you're here for the movie review <laughs> um, so yeah let's go ahead and give a brief synopsis of the plot who wants to kick it off? Because I don't remember much about this movie. <laughs> great. Well, off to a great should, start. <laughs> should we should we go with the IMDB non-sponsored review? Because I I wanted to look up and see who was in it again because I'm terrible with names. Yeah, but, Allison uh, Williams, Brian Williams' daughter. She was also in Girls. So if I refer to her as Marnie in this, uh, that's where my brain's at. Um, if you all watched Girls, uh, it's hard for me to take her out of that character. Um, and then we had who else? Who else was in this movie? Anybody else yeah, we know? That's the thing that it wasn't a very uh, memorable cast. Uh, yeah, there was... Ron- Ronnie Chang, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh huh. Um, yep. He, he was in it, and uh, spoiler alert: best part of the movie. Um, that I don't remember at all. That that that's about it. If yeah. uh, for being honest. <laughs> and I actually didn't realize it was a Blumhouse production. I didn't notice that until mm. I didn't know that till I saw the opening credits. Um, so I guess that, I guess I understand why it was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, oh, no, so, I'm thinking of face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Blumhouse, I just think scary. So I was expecting it to be a little bit more scary than it actually was. They did that. And don't get me wrong. I jumped a couple of times, but then I was like, it's a doll. Yeah. It's a well, it's a robot. It's a robot. That's, that's what made it spooky. Yeah. That's well, true. so that so IMDb says a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. It says when Gemma suddenly becomes the caretaker of her orphaned eight year old niece, Caddy, Katie. They even spelled Katie. Interesting. C A D Y. from Mean Girls. Yeah. Uh, Gemma's unsure and unprepared to be a parent. Under intense pressure at work, Gemma decides to pair her Megan prototype with Katie in an attempt to resolve both problems, a decision that will have unimaginable consequences. <laughs> Thanks, IMDB. Yes, yeah, so not basic- sponsored. Yeah, basically, so Gemma, Allison Williams, is the worst um, when it comes to raising children. <laughs> or she she didn't want to be raised, she didn't want to raise any children. But her nieces, her sister died, and her sister's husband died in a car accident, and then Gemma became the caretaker for Katie, their daughter. Um, Gemma has no parenting experience. She doesn't even own a pet or a plant. She is a scientist, a robotic, a robotic scientist, I guess, engineer. Um, super smart, like incredibly mm. smart. Um, so she, I guess that's meant to mean that she doesn't have very many relationship skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and so it goes through that and then Gemma's like oh wow let me make this this she has a prototype that they've been working on for a, a lifelike doll robot and she makes it for Katie and it's named Megan Megan stands for something it's an acronym because the E is a three also why would they name it Megan it's the least threatening name in my opinion as someone who is named Megan and it's spelled correctly which I do appreciate. yeah it was like model three generation third generation android or something that, like that i knew greg would remember um <laughs> but yeah megan out of all the names that they could have given this name like vicky vicky sounds chuck? threatening chucky chuck <laughs> oh we've seen that before <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like i don't even remember much about the plot because it didn't seem like there was much of a plot i guess Mm-mm. yeah i mean there was there was some plot there all right, give give us some of the plot, Mel. Well, it started. <laughs> it had a middle. <laughs> and then it ended. Accident. Or did it? <laughs> and then Katie going to live with Gemma. Uh-huh. And then her, like, going through that. I also think, not that she didn't have any relationship skills. She just didn't have time for that. Well, yeah, her job, Gemma's life was her job, and her job was her life, so she never quit working. Yeah. So she didn't have any time to, I guess, make a relationship with Katie or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I'm just reading through some of the plot from Wikipedia right now. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was was Katie originally, and the company she worked for originally designed, like, a a hardcore Furby, if you remember those from the... Yeah, Gemma made the hardcore Furbies and they're like, well, oh, how do we, yeah. how do we, how, she was challenged to how do we make it better? So she made Megan and then uh, our buddy Ronnie Chang was like, oh, no, we're not doing that. That's too expensive. Everyone yeah. should have listened to Ronnie. Yeah. And then uh, let the comedy ensue. <laughs> yeah. So Megan and Katie, the girl, um, form a really intense bond, especially after Katie's been through, through this traumatic event. They say there's a, a psychologist, I guess, or therapist that Katie start seeing and she's like you know after a traumatic event children especially children but most humans they're looking for the next thing to create that strong bond with like they she would have had with her parents or she Mm -hmm. had with her parents so that's what megan is kind of taking the place of so katie has this really strong attachment to megan and megan starts to think that she is katie's caretaker mother parent whatever what have you um and then Gemma starts to see the error of her ways that Megan starts to overstep her boundaries a little bit and then she starts killing people that <laughs> interfere with her relationship with Katie and like dogs. and dogs yeah that spoilers it started with a, her killing a dog Megan killed her neighbor killed Gemma's neighbor's dog and as soon as I found that out I was like ah yeah, this is a no for me, dog. This is the movie for this me. Is not the movie. Yeah, it it went from it went from zero to sixty real quick. Where it was, yes. you know, first it was you know Megan's overstepping the programming, and you know what are you doing? And then the next you know couple scenes, it's oh she killed the dog, she killed the neighbor, she killed a little kid. It was like back to back to back. The, yeah, all the characters were kind of over the top, and it was you know the the Karen neighbor. Yeah, you know that that gets suckered suckered in and murdered so that was a you know like everyone that got killed was awful except for you know obviously the dog wasn't necessarily awful it was just you know being a dog i don't understand why Gemma didn't just fix her fence why did she just fix her fence 
Why did we, it, there was just a little tiny in, hole in the fence? Because it was in the script, Megan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> um, but what was ever besides the plot? You know, the plot was the plot. You know, I heard that it was supposed to be kind of campy and funny. I didn't get camp at all from the movie. I didn't get. I no, mean, just some, just Ronnie was campy. There were some fun parts of it, I guess. Yeah. Some laugh out loud, some like, oh my god. Um, the scene was. Oh yeah, the music. That could um be considered campy, I think. The mu- Yeah, yeah. Like this, uh, the random singing. That That's Megan true. Because it came, it came out of left field. Yeah. Yeah, it you came know. out of nowhere. The random singing and yeah. the the dancing, like that, you gets shown in the commercials. <laughs> that like, was so how, like because even seeing the commercials, I'm like, I wonder what what that's even about. So like. I don't even remember seeing them any doing any dancing at all ever in the entire movie up until that scene. Well, Katie and Megan were learning a dance, and that's the dance that Megan's doing oh, in the, the hallway. Yeah. The TikTok. Yes. Probably or TikTok ish. Yeah. But But it didn't make any sense. Why was she doing it in the hallway in front of that man she was about to murder? Like, why did she do that? It was so strange. It just in the the ending fight sequence just kept going on. Yeah, it dragged out way too long. It, it, like how many times do you have to stick something in this girl's forehead to have her die? It's three, apparently. I, but I mean, that that follows your normal scary movie. I mean, how many times Mike Myers got shot or Jason Voorhees drowns or... It's the truth. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, it just seemed a little ridiculous at the end. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, but... it, the only thing, like, script, or not necessarily script-wise, a plot line that kind of was like, I wonder where this is going. They showed that one dude... Who was like an intern and the coffee grabber, and he stole all the files. Yeah, why did like, they okay, embellish well, on that or carry with that? Where e- even even like a Easter egg of where did it go? Yeah, you know, because they gave the whole you know Amazon continue. You know, obviously it wasn't specifically Amazon, but the yeah the home the home you know the home pod thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like mm, so. What else is this gonna do? What are you gonna say? Bell, you look like you're in deep thought. <laughs> Didn't that before Megan killed? Not Danny, whatever the boss, but mm-hmm. the other guy that stole the company. Yeah, she killed him in the elevator. Yeah, but didn't she say like you like stole company like Gemma's or like something secrets or yeah, like, she knew something like that. Like she knew something. It just didn't really connect. On. But like though. it didn't. No, I mm-hmm. know, I know. Like there should have been like a little bit more to that why include line. that yeah why include that if it wasn't going to go anywhere yeah no I, I, know. I know i know i know i'm just saying yeah i know i'm just saying too where to go that's what i'm saying he did anyway he so. did anyway he died so megan kill him bye bye and then she just walks out and gets into a car and drives it to Gemma's house what yeah sh- shout out to mclaren motorsports and i'm like oh that's that's a really expensive car to just be in the commercial thing it was a michael bay moment oh this- what really expensive car can we show just to this robot that's supposed to be like 12 years old driving this mclaren was (laughs) insane it was so stupid um but what was everyone's favorite part of the movie (laughs) we all had a favorite part yeah Um, whoever wants to go shout it out mel Probably when she sang Titanium. I'm bulletproof, <laughs> nothing to lose. Yeah, Katie's like sleeping and she starts singing Titanium. <laughs> but she is Titanium, so that's why she's saying it. Oh. Holy shit. And we, and we just saw <laughs> Megan's head 
literally explode. Like Megan's. When she... Oh my god! I didn't even think about that, Melody! That's why she said... Anyway, alright, yeah. <laughs> Uh, honorable favorite, second favorite was the dancing because it was just so funny. Slay. <laughs> the dancing was slay. Yep. Um, <laughs> God, I can't believe I didn't even think. I have a master's degree, everyone. A master of science, actually. So, yeah. Anyway, Greg, what was your favorite part of the whole movie? Or the best part of the movie, in your opinion? Well, it's it's uh, it, it's along the same lines. It's a little, you know, music Easter egg. Um Megan's playing the piano in the spooky room. Mm. And, and I don't remember the name of the song from the 80s, but it was uh, Toy Soldiers. Yeah. It's like featured in the, in the song. So I was kind of like, all right, I see what you did there. I remember when you so, said that. I was like, oh, hmm, weird. There's yeah. got to be connection there somewhere. And and yeah, honorable mention the the dancing followed by the stabby stabby. That just, it just, <laughs> it just didn't make sense. It was funny. The, the, the singing was my favorite part of the whole movie. And now it's even better because now, Melanie, help me make that connection. Did you know that, like, when you watched the movie, or did you read about that? No, my Tanya, <laughs> one of my leaders, um, and she saw the movie before me, and she was like, "Did you like how she sang Titanium?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she goes, "Because she is Titanium." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god!" I hate that I didn't even think about that. Like I think anyway, and then does, so she sings a lullaby, and then another time is when she sings Titanium, right? Or am I wrong? Mm. Am yes, I remembering that correctly? Correct. She sings sings a lullaby in that in the room when um where it happened. Uh, <laughs> she sings um, Hamilton. Um, where they first show Danny Jane's characters. Um, Megan. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Katie yeah. has like a breakdown and then she starts yes. singing. Okay. And then she sings another song and then she sings Titanium. I love that. She's just really growing, diversifying her music. <laughs> yeah. Her Spotify playlist is what's happening there. Incredible. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, the dancing and singing, that was just slay. Like the whole thing. <laughs> Megan was actually like pretty funny. But you know what I found out? That someone, a real girl, played megan for most mm -hmm. of the movie like 75 percent of the movie a real girl played her yeah. that is scary i thought she was all like animatronic or um cgi i had no idea that a real girl was playing her i really didn't know anything about this movie going into it other than it was named after me so um what was the worst part of the movie in everyone's opinions the dog dying yeah that was awful that was terrible and how she like mimicked his voice, his um, his bark or his whine to have the neighbor come over. Girl, Girl. you mm -hmm. manipulative little bitch. Oh, anyway, Mel's was that. Greg, what was the worst part of the movie in your opinion? Um, I mean, yeah, the 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 dog, the and and make it clear, like, yeah, she killed the dog, but thankfully they didn't like show the murder. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> so, show yeah. it. They so. weren't that messed up. They but, alluded yeah. that the dog was dead. The um. The the ripping of the kid's ear off was I thought oh, that yeah. whole thing was oh the crawling by yeah that that <laughs> that <laughs> I, I don't know that didn't really make sense like all of a sudden like you would, I don't know you just mean like the might... rest of the movie well that's true but <laughs> she might tie into that ear off that kid yeah uh, I mean like like you know when he got ran over the, the by the truck or whatever yeah oh people gosh. were people were cheering because the kid was just and shown up to be an a-hole from the word go well yeah he was um, a dick but 
Yeah. He didn't deserve that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, I guess, I guess it didn't, it, it's one of those implied violence. Like we, we went and saw, um, I have violent night. Mm-hmm. The whole yeah. movie beginning to end was like level 10 violence, like the yeah. whole yeah. time. But we knew this, that going into it. Oh yeah, well, yeah, that too. But with this one, it was like, you know, every once in a while there'd be like, you know, real yeah. ex- excessive, but yeah, uh, that, that was, I mean, yeah, ripping the kid. And then the whole de- detective that randomly showed up and like, oh, well, we found the kid's ear. And I'm like, yeah, the detective whatever. was doing nothing. Yeah, that that didn't really that didn't really do anything. Yeah, but. my worst part of the movie was the whole entire movie. Um, So <laughs> that was the worst part <laughs> was actually having to see the movie. <laughs> I, th- I went into it like kind of excited to see it because I had heard, you know, Rotten Tomatoes. I think it even had like a 93 or something on it. Um, But um. I just I strongly disagree with that. And then these people be coming up on my Facebook page when I posted that I hated the movie, and they're like, "I liked it." I was like, "Okay, great. So you like a terrible movie? I, great. I like I like the underlining like message of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But For sure. I, I don't know. There's, it was it, not it was as just... good as it could have been. Blumhouse. Yeah. No, um, I, I I still stick with my original comment that Ronnie guy was the best part of the whole movie. Yeah. If you're gonna rate it out of ten, what would everybody give it? I give it a, a two. Three. Three for the titanium reference. <laughs> Slay. Everybody else. Don't all talk don't all talk at once. <laughs> Out of what again? Ten. Sorry. Ten. Zero to ten. I gave it a three. I'm gonna give it a three and a half. <laughs> oh, three and a half. <laughs> yeah, I was Greg. probably gonna say say like a four. All right. I mean like it wasn't like terrible, terrible, but yeah, like you said, knowing finding out that it was a Blumhouse movie going into it and be like, okay, this is probably going to be weird. It's already starting off at a seven. Like, it's already starting off there. It's not even starting yeah. off at a ten. I mean, not to say that Blumhouse movies are bad, but it's like they're they're notorious of being like the new kind of horror genre that's like the slasher kind of movie, yeah. in my opinion. They have um, a reputation. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a fun time to spend together and that we all get to do this. <laughs> it was a do bonding you, experience. If you guys like this, Pool Peeps, um, we could do this like once a month or something. We could review a terrible movie or a movie that's in the theater that you want us to see and review. We didn't really review it. We just kind of talked about how terrible it was, but <laughs> we can improve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we saw that. That's a thing that happened. We saw Megan and we all gave it about a 3.5 average. <laughs> Literally gets a 3.5. They're making another one. And they're making another one, and it's probably going to be a Halloween Horror Nights house because Universal is Blumhouse's biatch. <laughs> now, see, that that would be fun. Like, the the what that'll be sad is that the house will probably be more fun than the movie was. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Those little Megans running around, crawling, singing Titanium. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if a scare actor's in there singing Titanium? Bye. I would I love that. I die. Yeah, that was great. Anyways. But anyway, Greg... Do you have any final comments on the movie or anything that you would like to share with the pool peeps while you're here? Uh, no, just like to thank you for having me, and uh, you've been you've been doing a great job bringing the show back. Welcome home, and uh, we'll do it again. Aw, am I gonna get emotional? <laughs> I'm bulletproof. <laughs> anyway, that's, all right, Greg. That's what I was waiting for Ronnie to say the whole time. Emotional <laughs> damage. <laughs> And I don't even know if that's the same guy, but that's, that's immediately funny. what I thought. Oh, well, thanks, Greg. We were happy to have you and I'll see you probably in about an hour. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye, Greg. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for a gross. Ew. <laughs> oh.
fucking love it. <laughs> Bye. So, as Melanie mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about something called our saboteurs. What are saboteurs, you might ask? Those are, according to the Positive Intelligence website where we took the test, <laughs> um, saboteurs are the voices in your head that generate negative emotions in the way you handle life's everyday challenges. They represent automated patterns in your mind for how to think, feel, and respond. They cause all of your stress, anxiety, self-doubt, frustration, restlessness, and unhappiness. They sabotage mm. your performance, mm -hmm. well-being, and relationships. Mm. Um, so Melanie and I took the um, saboteur assessment from Positive Intelligence, in case you're interested. I can add a link to the show description to the show notes um, so you can take it. It gives you, it says there are nine or ten saboteurs that everyone has, but everyone has a top three or four. Nine. Oh, nine. Okay. Thank you. Um, and then the assessment gives you your top, they rank them in order um, based on your answers of the, of the assessment. Um, so Mel, if you want to give us your list in order of your top to your, your most, what is it? I guess your, your biggest saboteur or your, and then your my smallest. Sure. So my top one, my top three are actually even in score. Really? The same exact score? Yeah. Wow. 9.4. Um, number one is pleaser. Uh-huh. Number two is hypervigilant. Okay. Number three is avoider. Ah. Um, number four is victim. Okay. Number five is hyperachiever. Uh-huh. Number six is hyper-rational. Okay. Um, number seven is restless. That's my seven, too. Um, number eight, eight is stickler. Mm -hmm. And number, the last one is controller with a 3.8 wow that's your lowest 3.8 yeah so yours were pretty even yeah like not too yeah so steep of a incline stickler is five restless is 5.6 hyper rational is 6.3 hyper achiever is 7.5 and victim is 8.8 wow yeah mine have a steep decline as they go down Really? So I'll all right, read them off. I'll read my nine. My top one, you probably could all guess it after you heard the list that Melanie went through. Um, <laughs> if you know me well, uh, Stickler at 8.1 is my top. Um, then it's followed by Pleaser, Hyperachiever, Controller, Avoider, Hypervigilant, Restless, Hyperrational, and bottom is Victim at 1.3. So I apparently don't have any victim tendencies, but I have... High stickler tendencies. <laughs> what was your top one, Mel? Say it again. Pleaser. Pleaser. Okay. And that's my top. That's my second one. Yeah. Um, but then as you explore the assessment, it tells you all about each saboteur, your score, um, some characteristics about it, your thoughts that these saboteurs um, express, your feelings, justification lies, impact on self and others and why you might have that survival function like where it came from um so mel do you have those from your assessment pulled up yeah we can go over like your top couple yeah so yours was pleaser was your top one yep 
So, in, uh, pleaser indirectly tries to gain acceptance and affection by helping, pleasing, rescuing, or flattering others, loses sight of own needs, and become, becomes resentful, r- resentful as a result. Hmm. Um, characteristics has a strong need to be liked by people and, and attempts to earn it by helping, pleasing, rescuing, or flattering them. Needs frequent reassurance reassurance by others about their acceptance and affection can express own needs openly and directly does so indirectly by having people feel obligated to reciprocate care hmm. yeah what do you think about that um i think it's pretty accurate what um, what speaks to you the most i don't really put myself in front of like my own needs in front of everybody else's I kind of just do like I like helping people but I don't really know like if I need help I don't really know how to go about that if that makes sense Mm. so you mean like asking for help yeah I'm, we're working on it. We're getting better on okay. it. Okay. But, yeah, I think it's pretty accurate. What do you think? Pleaser is not the one that I was going to guess for you to be your top. What was your, what did you think it was going to be? Avoider. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I thought that was going to be higher. I thought that I well, really Well, I thought... mean, it's all, all th- my top three are the same score, 9.4. Oh, that's true. Okay, so, and Avoider's up there? Yeah, it's oh. my third one. Oh, okay. Well, I I guess I wonder if it it because they're all the same score. I wonder if it there's one that just like slightly edges it out, but it doesn't give it a different number. Yeah. So I guess that's why you got pleaser as your top. Yeah. But yeah, I for sure thought yours was going to be avoider. Yeah. But I don't know that yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. So for sticklers, their tagline I guess is perfectionism and a need for order and organization taken too far. <laughs> So, anything about being a Virgo could be applied here, or vice versa. <laughs> um, some characteristics of a stickler, they're punctual, methodical, um, can be irritable, tense, or opinionated, or sarcastic, highly critical of self and others, strong need for self-control and self-restraint, works overtime to make up for other people's sloppiness and laziness, and is highly sensitive to criticism. Literally, all six of those things are correct which is why my top is an 8.1 what do you think mel yeah Uh, (laughs) great thanks for your comments that's okay though and need sticklers in this world and none of these things are none of the things that we're talking about are necessarily bad like saboteurs are bad obviously because they create negative energy self-doubt Things like that. However, if these are taken too far, the negative side of that can be way too negative. Yeah. Um, some thoughts of a stickler include right is right, wrong is wrong. I know the right way. If you can't do it perfectly, don't do it at all. <laughs> often have, often, others too often have lax standards. I need to be organized and methodical than others to get things done. I have terrible, I have a terrible time not doing something for someone else because I know that I will do it correctly or better. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I don't mean that in a mean way. I sincerely don't. But 
I am a control freak. I'm a stickler apparently. And I would just rather do something because I know what's going to get done rather than leave it to someone else, delegate to someone else when I don't know if it's going to get done. Like I want to trust that it will, but at the end of the day, I don't know. Um, and that can be about anything, especially at work. I used to really be like that at work, especially when I was younger working. Um, the rules were the rules and I had to make sure that they were followed and this is the right way. I know the right way. So this is the way I feel like I'm pretty relaxed, but I am, I can be, I can be a stickler. Um, and I, if I let my thoughts get too far, I can be very harsh on myself. Like, why didn't you do that correctly? And I'll think about those things that I, you know, something I said in like ninth grade to someone that doesn't even remember the the thing I'm talking about or thinking about. Yeah, they're like, who the F are you? Yeah, exactly. What do you mean? You, I said that thing to you where I'm like, sometimes I'll wake up at night and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that to them. They probably think that I'm the worst. <laughs> they probably hate me. That's probably why we haven't spoken in 10, 15 years. No, Megan, you haven't spoken in 10 or 15 years because you guys weren't friends. <laughs> Since what? Friends. So, you know, ridiculous things like that. Um, let's see. The stickler offers a way of quieting the constant voice of self-judgment and fear of others' judgments through trying to be perfect. If you do what is right, you will be beyond interference and reproach by others. Perfection and order brings a sense of temporary relief. I strive to be a perfectionist. I want all of my stuff to be, all my T's to be crossed, my I's to be dotted at work, in my life, relationships, friendships. I want to be that person that people go to for stuff because I know the way I know everything. I'm a perfectionist. I'm the perfect friend, perfect partner, perfect daughter, perfect sister. And if I have any inkling that someone doesn't think that it truly can ruin my day. If I let it, it can truly ruin my mental health of the day, which, you know, it used to be wor way worse when I was younger, definitely way worse when I was younger. And depending on the day, it can be bad now, but it's not nearly, nearly, nearly what it used to be. So I don't know. It's, it's pretty spot. On. Mine is pretty spot on for me. So, but my second one is pleaser. So everything that you said about being a pleaser also is correct mm -hmm. for me as well. Yeah. Um, it's not as high as Melanie's. Mine was 7.5 and yours was 9.4. Yeah. So a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and then my third was hyperachiever and yep. I have a strong need for achievement. I have a strong desire for achievement. I have to be the best at everything. I have to be top dog. Um, and that goes hand in hand with my stickler and pleasing self. Um, I am competitive. I'm good at covering up insecurities. I adapt personality to fit what would be most impressive to others. No, nah, I don't actually think I do that. Do you think I do that? Maybe in some cases. Yes, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, Goal-oriented and workaholic streak, correct. That used to be way more true before the pandemic, but the pandemic ruined my... The pandemic really did Maybe do... it was a... like, yeah, this is great. It did do a number on my need for achievement or my achievement-driven self um, mm -hmm. because I'm not a careerist anymore. I just want to have a job that pays the bills and lets me travel and take time off and buy my silly little treats and my silly little things. So that's all I want now. I don't really want a career at the moment. So it did demolish that. So that might not be the most true anymore, but I am goal-oriented. Yes. Um, she likes the goals. Some thoughts of a hyper-achiever? Um, I must be the best at what I do. <laughs> if 
I can't be outstanding, I you won't bother. You say that bother. to yourself in the mirror every day. Yeah, it's my self-affirmation. I must be best at what I do. Uh, I must be the <laughs> best scheduler. I must be the best person. Um, Relax. Let's see. I can be anything I want to be. That's correct. Anyone can be anything they want to be. Um, You are worthy as long as you are successful and others think well of you. I do think success to me depends on how many good relationships I have. Not the amount necessarily, like the quantity, but with the quality. The quality of the friendships and relationships that I have in my life are what makes me feel successful. Yeah. So not necessarily that I'm that other people think well of me, but that I have good quality friendships and relationships in my life. Listen, quality is better than quantity. Correct, ladies. You heard it here first. Ladies and gents. And I will stand on that soapbox. That's right. That's it. Um, for the hyperachiever, self-validation, self-acceptance, and self-love are all conditional. Conditioned on continual performance. This is often the result of either conditional or altogether absent validation from parental figures. Mom and dad, emotional damage. No, that's not true. My second one is kind of funny because one of our parents, her parental figures, doesn't. Doesn't what? Does it. Like, they, I can see me getting it from them. Oh, like they have this saboteur. Yeah. Ah, I see. Yes. Could be correct. Um, yeah, I think mine are most, if mom was going to take this assessment, I think she would have some that are very similar to me. And I think dad would have some very similar to you. Yeah. Because we are our mother and father's children. Each one of each. Yeah. (laughs) Because my second one is hypervigilant. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and read about that one. Um, continuous intense anxiety about all the dangers and what could go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Vigilant that can that can never rest that sounds exhausting yeah <laughs> uh, characteristics always anxious with chronic doubts about self and others mm, mm-hmm. 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 Um, extra- extraordinary sensitivities to danger danger signals danger danger will robinson yeah constant expectation of mishap or danger <laughs> something's Suspic- afoot yep Sus- <laughs> suspicions of what others are up to people mess up might seek reassurance or guidance in procedures thoughts procedures rules excuse me um authoritarian wow i can't read um (laughs) (laughs) authorities and institutions Thoughts. When is the other shoe going to drop? Mm. If I make a mistake, I fear everyone is going to jump down my throat. Hmm. That's a big one. For you? Yeah. Huh. Um, um, I want to trust people, but I find myself suspicious of their motives. I don't think that. I um, don't think that's true either for you. Yeah. I think you're pretty trusting, sometimes too trusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to know what the rules are. Although I might not always follow them. Oh no, my god. I'm a, I'm a stickler for rules. You do need to know the rules. Yeah, I do. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Talk about rule following. Talk about stickler. Yeah, uh, but my stickler is like at the very bottom for me. Yeah, so because it's kind of weird. It's not It's not the way that it is like for the saboteur. Like you're a stickler about like knowing the rules and following the rules, but you're not, in general, that's not your thing that you use to cope with whatever voice is going on inside your head 
Um, and I'll just read the original survival function because uh-huh. it's kind of funny. Um, the hypervigilant often comes from early experiences experiences where the source of safety and security parental figure was unpredictable and unreliable whoa (laughs) i don't are you calling out mom and dad right now i don't emotional not everything is related to parents yeah but a lot of people i sorry mel i have no it's fine on that um i didn't realize how in the minority you and i were in terms of how great our upbringing was i guess i was naive in thinking that everyone had like i knew people had hard times when they were growing up like obviously i understood that and understood that more as i got older but i was so ignorant to the fact that some people didn't grow up the way that you and i did we always had everything we needed Mm -hmm. we always were fed housed Mm -hmm. clothed we may not have had much money growing up yeah but but mom and dad figured out a way to I yeah, we hardly ever work. had to be grounded. Um Yeah, we were good kids. We hardly ever got in trouble for stuff. If we did it was like minute stuff that I couldn't even think about right now. Yeah. Um but some of our friends have just had the trials and tribulations that I would never wish on anybody. Yeah. And they sure. range all over the board. They go all over the board and I just Yeah. Parents yeah. really do the nature versus nurture thing, your nurture really can have the worst impact on your mental well-being mm-hmm. as an adult. Yeah, for sure. I, and that's just pure ignorance from my end. Just not even, like, thinking about, I wish people had the upbringing that we did. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, it it can make me very sad if I think about how some of, of our friends and family and peers like even think about how mom and dad grew up yeah for sure like <laughs> um yeah. not that their upbringing was necessarily bad it was a different time but I, it's just the love and care we had as and continue to have from our parents is just yeah i mean top notch i think they broke the cycle from how they were born right like how they grew up yeah our you know, mom talked about that on her episode of the podcast she had to do some serious soul searching and and um recalibrating to give us the childhood that she did yeah. and continues to give us yeah um so what was i saying about oh well not everything is related to parents but a lot can be related to parents yeah so um, what i just read could be it could come from anything yeah <laughs> from anything that happened in your childhood that you don't even remember yeah. like um a feeling you had or a experience they, you had it was when dad dropped us off at elementary it came from the time when dad dropped us off at elementary school and the school wasn't even open and we tried I'm to walk home kidding, dad. and realized it was too far <laughs> we turned back and had to wait for him to come get us it was a joke that was thinking about that is comical that is sitcom level comedy right there. <laughs> for so, real. Someone needs to write that into a script for yeah. a comedy show. And that's why I'm a hyper visual. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's it. That's I'm it. That's really why I'm a kidding. stickler for the rules. And I'm a stickler in real life. Um anyways. We thought I just thought this was really interesting. It's very introspective. Wait, I didn't read my third one. Oh, would you like to? Yeah, oh. the avoider. Oh what you thought what I, was I thought. Be. Okay, sorry. Yes, I'm so sorry you to cut you off. Read me to filth. Let's go. Um so avoider focus on the positive and pleasant in an extreme oh 
way, avoiding difficult and unpleasant tasks and conflicts. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Characteristics. Avoids conflict and says yes to things one wouldn't want. Downplays importance of real problems and tries to deflect others. (laughs) Has difficulty saying no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Resists others through passive-aggressive means rather than directly. Yep. Loses self in comforting routines and habits. Procrastinates oh on unpleasant tasks. Melanie. Um, this should be your number one. This one right here. Um, anxiety. The feelings of an avoider. Anxiety about what has been avoided or pro- procrastinated. <laughs> Fear about hard won peace of mind being interrupted. Suppressed Anger and resentment rather than expressed anger. Uh-huh. Um, and then I'll just read the <laughs> the original survival function. Avoider could arise from both happy and difficult childhoods. Okay. In happy childhood, one might not have learned the resiliency of dealing with conflict <laughs> of dealing with difficult emotions. So basically, you're anxious about the things that you avoid, so then you avoid them because they make you anxious, and then you get more anxious because you've avoided them, and then you avoid them because you're more anxious. Yeah. T. <laughs> slay! <laughs> Did Constantly... someone say slay? <laughs> Did someone say slay? Um, yeah, Mel, that one should be number one for you, I think. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> I mean, I can see all top three. They all work together for you, however... Yeah. That one is your biggest coping. But all of them have to do with anxiety. Do do you yes. realize that? Yes. They are all tied to anxiety of some sort. Insane. About something. Or avoiding something. Yeah. Yeah. You avoid conflict like the plague. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm that's... also an Enneagram 9, which is a peacemaker. Uh-huh. So it just really adds up. Yeah. And I'm a Enneagram 2, which is... What is that one? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a two wing three. Um, so it's like the maternal one. What's number two? I can't think of the word for it. And then number three is the achiever. So like. <laughs> I'm a nine wing one because I'm not a nine wing eight. Thank no. Very much. Eight is the the con- confrontational one. Miss Katie Monko Stearns. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not that. I'm Any Sagittarius one. you know is number nine eight. wing one. Yeah. So. We thought those were very interesting and also gives you a chance to kind of see why you might think the way you do or act the way you do or avoid the things you do. Melody Bostic. Um, <laughs> it was kind of a different way to see what what things you might perceive as negative, why you do those things, where they come from, the thought processes, the characteristics, the feelings, justifications, things like that. Um, so again, I'll, I'll include the link in the show notes if you want to go take it yourself. It's very interesting. Highly recommend doing it. Um, so we're going to go to our, this brings us to our uh, mental health meter, Mel. So for the last two weeks, on a scale of wanting to walk into the ocean versus 10, which is chilling by the pool, drinking your hand, where are you at? Or where are you being for the last two weeks? Um, a one. I'm just kidding. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> kidding. If either one of us says one, I'm gonna. 
I had a day over the last two weeks where I felt like I wanted to walk into the ocean. But not the whole two weeks. But not the whole two weeks. It was just a brief moment in time. Um, I'm going to say an eight. Okay. And I'm just sitting by the pool sipping a margarita. Oh. And reading my Kindle. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, numerically, I'm going to say a 6.8. I've just been tired and work has been stupid. Um, but I have some things, like I said, kind of working, kind of concocting in the background. You're taking a pool nap. I'm taking a nap by the pool, trying to avoid all the thoughts and feelings. <laughs> all the bugs are flying in your mouth. Yeah, my I'm catching some flies. Um. <laughs> But I'm not walking to the ocean. I had a brief, like I said, brief moment where I wanted to, but now I'm, I'm yeah, back. Okay. Are you okay? We're back. <laughs> um, We're back, baby. I guess that thing concludes this episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> Can you imagine if I just ended it like that? Bye. Bye. Um. Yeah. So next week, well, this will be. You'll hear this next week on January 27th when it or 26th when it comes out. The next week after that is when you'll hear our special edition limited edition artist themed episode like we did with the taylor swift episode with carly we're gonna have our friend natanis demasio join us for a special harry styles episode we're very excited to shoot that shoot that record that (laughs) um it's just gonna be us gabbing probably for like 18 hours about harry styles and i there's literally nothing i love more than interjecting my love of harry styles into any conversation (laughs) any knowledge i know about him so everyone look forward to that we'll have approximately three listeners <laughs> me melanie in the twins <laughs> mom and dad will listen to i it. know i'm i'm kidding you, it'll and be fun greg will he he didn't listen to the taylor swift one anyway i didn't know that didn't want to call greg out on the bike oh um, we hope you all enjoyed this episode we hope you all enjoy your weeks have a great start to aquarius season uh, make sure again to get rate, weird, get weird, baby. Um, <laughs> hell yeah, brother. <laughs> uh, make sure you all <laughs> rate, subscribe, and review our podcast. Um, and on that note, Mel, bye. bye. <laughs>